0: Man, it's good to see y'all here. I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning. There's a... um, I put this sermon series on the calendar almost exactly a year ago. And uh, I've been anxiously awaiting the opportunity to share this with you guys. Um, But I'm going to give you a little peek behind the curtain this morning. Can Can we do that? A little peek behind the curtain. So... We, we are not, uh, we're, we're not one of those churches that have 15, you know, staff members ready to help Pastor Dwayne with sermon graphics and all that stuff. I wish we did, but we don't. And so oftentimes, here's kind of the way to go. Here's a little peek behind the curtain. So we'll come up with our sermon series, and then we'll have to go look for graphics, okay? Because we want the front of the bulletin to look cool, and we want, you know, the screen to look cool as I'm walking up with, you know, greeting you. We want the screen to look cool. I don't know why, we just want that. It's just important to us, I don't know why. So, so we'll, we'll develop our sermon series, then we'll go looking for graphics. And i got several different places that I go. And so when we started talking about an end time series, I thought, man, that'll be easy. It'll be easy to find graphics to help me. And so I started looking, guess what, nothing. And I thought, well, that's weird. So I looked at another place, guess what, nothing. Literally nowhere. And, and and that concerned me. And I thought, why are we not talking about this? Because by the way, those those companies that create those graphics, they're not nonprofits. They do it to make money. And so they create sermon series based on demand. You with me? So that tells me there's no demand. And then I read uh, a Lifeway, y'all remember Lifeway Christian bookstores, when Christian bookstores were a thing? There's still one in Monroe, y'all should go see it. It's awesome, it really is. Armory, y'all should go. That was free. Um, Lifeway put out a a, uh, survey that said 56% of all pastors believe that Christ could return in their lifetime. If that's true, why are we not talking about it? If that's true, and that's what we genuinely believe, why are we not talking about it? And I'll tell you, because I asked a pastor friend of mine. I said, why aren't we talking about it? He said, because it's hard. And it is hard. Because when you start talking about the end times, there are more questions that you're going to have for me that I have answers for. Because I don't know all the answers. It's, there's a veil Now, there's a lot of things that we do know, but there's a lot that we don't. And so it's complicated. So I'll hear things like, um, you know, what's the mark of the beast? I don't know. What about 666? How does that all come into play? I don't know. How do current events line up with prophecy? Now, we're going to talk about some of that. We're not going to talk about it today. But we are going to talk about some of that. And, And the biggest question is, When will the rapture happen? It's the biggest question. I don't know. But but listen to me. I am going to tell you the most important thing you need to know. I'm going to tell you the most important thing you need to know right now at the very beginning of this sermon. The most important thing you need to know about biblical prophecy is this. If you're a follower of Christ, you get to win. I'm glad four of you were excited about the fact that you're on I bet you if you are in Sanford Stadium last night, you'd have been louder than that. Y- y'all know I'm a bulldog guy, right? It's pretty sad when we yell louder for the bulldogs when we do the return of Christ. Okay, there's my fuss for the morning. So if you're a follower of Christ, you get to win. That's good news. But listen to me, if you're not. I could not have worse news for you. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about that. Over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about what that might look like and what, what's going on around us. We're going to talk about things like the rapture of the church and heaven and hell and all of those things that, that is a mystery to us. But that's not exactly what I want to talk to you about today. See, I, I can't tell you the when. I can't tell you the when. I'd, I'd love to have an all-seeing eye so I could look into my, you know, my, my you know, magic eight ball. Anybody remember those? Yeah, yeah, I, I wish I could look into that and give you a date. I, don't, I can't tell you the when, but here's what I can tell you. I can tell you the what, and I can tell you the why. So that's what today's all about. We're going to tell you the what, and we're going to tell you the why. Over the next three weeks, we'll fill in some of the questions that you might have. We'll do our best to answer some of them. And and you guys know me by now. I'm not going to tell you something. If, if if I tell you something that I'm not sure about, I'll go, hey, I think this might happen. I'm, I'm not going to blow a bunch of smoke. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be as real and as open and transparent and as knowledgeable as I can. But there's two things I'm going to tell you today that I can say with 1,000% confidence and conviction. The what and the why. First, I'm going to tell you the what. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. The what is Jesus Christ is coming again. Period. Jesus Christ is coming again. Let me tell you why we're having this series now. We spent the last 40 days Asking you to get into your word. And here's where we landed. Is that the Bible is our, as the church, as the body of Christ is our authority. So everything I'm going to talk to you about today comes right, honestly, that's every Sunday. But today, everything I'm going to talk to you about is right out of the Bible. going to be a lot of scripture. And I'm not going to apologize to you for that. Because I, I want you to be confident in this truth. I want you to be confident in the what? when you leave, that Jesus Christ is coming again. As sure as I know that I'm standing on this platform, I can tell you with confidence and conviction that Jesus Christ is coming again, period. I don't care what YouTube told you. I don't, I don't care what you heard. I don't care what you think. I'm telling you that the Bible is sure and confident in this What? Jesus Christ is coming again. If he, if he doesn't, he's a liar. And, he, and God's not a man that he should lie. <laughs> In the first chapter of Acts, Jesus is, is about to be ascended into heaven. And he looks at those that were following him and he says, listen, you need to be my witnesses. You need to go across this whole globe, and be my witnesses. And then Acts chapter one verse nine says it this way: After he said this, after he told them, you go be my, you go be me to the rest of the world. He was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them, hid him from their sight. Now, just can you just just picture that moment? There, Jesus is talking, and all of a sudden he just disappearing into the clouds what if you were there what would you do at that moment I'd probably not move <laughs> and you'd be like did somebody get that on Instagram <laughs> did that just happen and so they're watching him and it's cool the way the Bible talks about it they were looking intently I guess so wouldn't you if I started floating up through that you would you you would you'd be paying attention wouldn't you they were looking intently into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood before them. Now two angels just show up. What are you going to do now? Something be happening right now, right? <laughs> men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven, oh here it comes, will come back back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven Jesus Christ is coming again now here's what here's here's what you're going to say because I've said it now I've heard that all my life I've heard grandmama told me when I was a little boy my grand my mama life told me you better get ready son Jesus is coming back That was 40 years ago that was 44 years ago I don't care. He's coming back. I, I don't know how more, how, how more firmly to tell you. I believe with everything in me that Jesus is coming back. Now, you're going to say when. I don't know. I, I don't know. Now, now, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that no man knows the day or the hour, right? But you know what? I believe we can know the season because I... One of the things that the Bible compares um, the return of the Lord is to a pregnant woman. Now, how many know, you, you got no idea she's pregnant for the first 8 or 12 weeks, right? Yeah? Okay, a long time. But how about when she's about 39 weeks? Um, you know, right? You don't know when she's going to deliver, but you're like, she can't be going like that much longer. And if you're married to her, you're like, please, Lord Jesus, <laughs> take now, please, I can't, I can't. Uh, I'm going to pay for that later. <laughs> right? So you might not know, know the day or the hour, but you know it's coming. L- listen, you, you don't have to take my word for it, but somebody's about ready to give birth. Why? I I, I gotta tell you, I've asked myself this question because I'm I'm a student of humanity. And would you agree with me if I would say we are broken? And I would think, all right, Jesus, why? Why would you want? to come get us I, I, I know where you're at is perfect why would you want why would you want why would you would you want to come back and get us there's this beautiful passage in in John chapter 14 where Jesus is is hanging out with those that followed him closest Remember we talked a couple weeks ago about having a seat at the table? This is the same table. And Jesus said, and and he had just told them he was leaving, and their hearts were breaking. And here's what he said in John chapter 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. Some translations say many mansions. And they're like, well, I don't want a room, I want a mansion. I promise if Jesus is building your room, it's a good room. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? In other words, I've never lied to you. Why would I start now? And he said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, here we we go. I will come back. And then he gives us the why, y'all. And take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. Here's the why. His great desire is to be with you, Listen to me. Put your eyes right here. Jesus isn't coming to destroy the Antichrist, even though he's gonna. Jesus isn't coming to reveal the man of sin. Jesus isn't coming to win the battle of Armageddon, even though all that's happening. Guess why Jesus is coming? To be with you. So he can take you to be where he is. Because that's how desperately in love with you he is. Why is he coming back? Because you're his family and he wants to be with you. Could it be that simple? Yep. He's desperately in love with you. And if you're a follower of Christ, guess what he's doing? He's coming back so he can be with you. Can you just let that settle for a minute? The creator of the world, the son of the most high God, wants to return to get you. (laughs) First Thessalonians chapter four says it this way, according to the Lord's great word. And listen, if you grew up in church, you've heard this passage. Every time a preacher started talking about the rapture, you've heard this. But I want you to see something that maybe you haven't seen before. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord. How many of you that are alive have, have got somebody waiting on, your, on the other side? Yeah, all right, so just hang on to that for a minute. we Will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. How many of you got somebody who loved Jesus with all their heart who died? No, you don't, because they didn't. They're, they're more alive today than you are. <laughs> we'll certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up. You ought, if you if you got a paper Bible, you ought to circle those two words, caught up, because we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Together with them in the clouds. Here's why. To meet the Lord. Is he coming back so I can go to heaven? He's coming back so you can be with the Lord. And so we will be with the Lord forever. That's the whole process. That's the whole purpose. That's the whole reason Jesus is coming back so you and I can be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, you're going to get on YouTube, and here's what you're going to find out. You're going to say, well, the word rapture is not in the Bible. And they'd be right but let me show you what is in the bible can we can we go to school for just a minute <clears throat> that word caught, caught up caught up caught up okay if you can find that again rachel throw that up on the screen i can't tell what what slide you're on caught up caught up is one greek word harpazo harpazo one greek word and you know what it means snatched anybody ever play hungry hungry hippos you know that's that's the, that's the imagery But here's, how many know that our English language, you know, is is a relatively new language? It comes from two places. Our English language comes from, it's Germanic, and it's Latin, okay? The Latin word for harpazo is rapio, and that's where we get our word rapture. So the word rapture is not in the Bible, but the idea of the rapture is certainly in the Bible, all right? So I, I just wanted to... To just settle that before we go any further, Jesus is coming back to capture His church, so we can be with Him. Yeah. Isn't it cool yeah. that uh, if if you've never read your Bible cover to cover, you, you ought to, because it ends exactly as it begins. It. It it begins with Adam and Eve walking in the presence of God in the cool of the day. In a perfect garden. In a perfect place. And and I want to read to you how it ends. In Revelation 21. Oh, come on, y'all. John the Revelator. Oh, by the way, here's the shameless plug. You ought to be coming on Wednesday nights. We're talking about the first part of the book of Revelation on Wednesday nights. You ought to come. It's been really good so far. You ought to come be there at 7 o'clock Wednesday night. There'll be coffee. (laughs) Revelation 21, verse 1 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I, I want you to pay real close attention to this. I saw the holy city. Everybody say holy city. The new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I, I, want, I want you to imagine what a heavenly city might look like. I want you to get that image in your head. What a heavenly city might look like. Are you, do you have walls of glass and gold and jasper and all those things? Is that what's in your head? Well, that would be incorrect. Because listen, every time the Bible uses the word bride, it's, talking, it's not talking about a place. It's talking about a people. The holy city, New Jerusalem, isn't a bunch of you know, spectacular buildings. It's a people. The holy city, New Jerusalem, is you and me coming down from God out of heaven. Oh. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying look here and 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 this is this proves what I just said look God's dwelling place God's city is now among the people listen the the glory of heaven is not going to be all of the the beautiful mansions and rooms or whatever all that looks like the glory of heaven is not going to be streets of gold and gates of pearl and walls of jasper the glory of heaven is that God is with his people And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. Are you starting to get a recurring theme here? He'll dwell with them and they'll be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Please get this. He He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. I, I, I told them this Wednesday, but I don't want you to hear this from me this morning. I want you to think about the thing in this on this planet that causes you the greatest hurt, that causes you the greatest pain, that causes your tears to fall, that keeps you awake at night, the thing you worry about the most, Is forever gone. Forever gone. The motivation for Christ's return is not defeating the devil, not defeating the Antichrist, even though he will. The motivation for Christ's return is because he wants to be with us. You need to know that my family harasses me a little bit because every Sunday, some of one of them or more of them wind up in the sermon. And that's just part of being in a pastor's family. But I I, I thought about when I when I read this, I, I thought about the almost 30 years that we've been parents. How does that make you feel right now? I know, right? they almost 30 years. And I I, I thought about some of these stupid things my children have done. (laughs) I I thought about the colossal messes they made when they were babies. I thought about all the times that I as a father went to change a diaper and nobody told me that you might just get something on you. (laughs) I thought about... All of the challenges of elementary school, and middle school, and high school. And I thought about a, and, and listen, let me tell you, my kids didn't give us any trouble. And it was a lot of work. <laughs> it was a lot of work. <laughs> and then they went about and did their own thing. Got married, beautiful girls. Give me a beautiful Granddaughter. And here's what I need you to hear from me. Despite all the messes, despite all the times I had to go, the answer you're looking for, Mikey, is yes, sir. <laughs> Actually, I had to say it this morning. <laughs> I'll Probably pay for that one, too. In spite of all that, when I, when I hear one of them say, we're coming by, my, my heart feels... You know why? Because I want to be with my children. There's never a moment when I would think, oh, I'd rather them just not come by. Not one time. I want to be with my children. And I'm a broken human being. Can you imagine how God must feel towards you? He wants to be with you. But still, Dwayne, when? When? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question and I'm going to let you answer it yourself. Because so I'm going to ask you a question and I'm going to read one passage of Scripture and you're going to say yes or no to this question. Is this the beginning of the end? I'm not going to answer that question for you. I think you would probably know how I would if I did, but I'm not going to answer that question for you. You're going to answer it for yourself. I'm going to read one passage of Scripture, five verses, and you're going to tell me if that sounds like where we are right now. You Ready? Here we go. 2 Timothy chapter 3, first five verses. But mark this. Paul told young Timothy, pay attention. So I'm going to tell you, pay attention. There'll be terrible times in the last days. Let's start. Let's do a mental checklist. People's, people will be lovers of themselves. Can we check that one off? Been on Instagram lately? How come we use the selfie camera much more than we use the front facing camera? Because we're lovers of ourselves. That's true, y'all. Lovers of ourselves. Can I, see, can I hear a check? Yeah, okay. Lovers of money. Do we we need to even spend time talking about that? It's just obvious, isn't it? It's just obvious that we live in a very narcissistic, very possession-oriented... Think about it. Think about our culture, y'all. I I didn't bring it in here with me, but I've I've got an iPhone. Y'all know I'm I'm a little bit of an Apple snob. Sue me. (laughs) Isn't it crazy how... Apple will, will make one slight little modification to the Apple phone, and the day it releases, people will line up outside the door so they can get the new one. Spend $1,100, $1,200 on, an, on one that, that will, you know, so you can do a smiley face with your face. Oh, I got to have that. Right? Lovers of money. Say, somebody say check. Boastful. Proud. Abusive, <laughs> disobedient to their parents. <laughs> um, listen, some of you, some of you guys live in Gwinnett County, and I bet you saw the. I bet you saw the uh, the school board meeting because they televised it, where they they called it an emergency meeting. We don't know what to do with the kids. There's violence. There's a fight every day. Ungrateful, (laughs) unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self control, brutal. What? From twenty ten to twenty thirteen. I drove a school bus for Gwinnett County and that was when I first heard the phrase cyberbullying and I thought, that's, that's dumb, that's not a thing, oh it's a thing and it's awful and it's not just children and it's not just teenagers, it's, 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 it's us, it's our culture. Without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, Uh Uh-oh, here we go. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. So you tell me. Is this the beginning of the end? You tell me. I want you to respond this question sort of introspectively. Just turn your heart inside. If you knew tomorrow was the last day, if you knew tomorrow was the last day, what would you do? What would you do differently tomorrow if you knew it was the last day? Would you pray differently? If you knew tomorrow was the last day, is there a phone call you'd make as soon as church was over? Then make it. If you, knew tom- if you would pray differently if you knew tomorrow was the last day, then pray differently. If you treat somebody differently if you knew tomorrow was the last day, then do it now. Now. One of the most influential people in my life was my grandmother. Um, We called her Mama Light. And she had this presence about her. And she knew Jesus. She walked with the Lord. I've told you this story before, but I, I, I remember listening to her pray as she rocked at night. And when she would pray, you would look over your shoulder to see who just walked in the room. And she had this old beat up yard sale sign on her living room and it said rules for today it said go nowhere today you wouldn't want to be found when Jesus comes say nothing today you want, wouldn't want to be saying when Jesus comes do nothing today you wouldn't want to be doing when Jesus comes I'm going to tell you, she was not an educated woman. Those are pretty good rules. Dwayne, you can't say that. You can't say that tomorrow is the last day, and you're right. And you can't tell me that it won't be. So what do we do? What do we do until then? See, that that's that's the problem with, you know, if we want to try to start assigning dates to things we talked about this wednesday night there was a book written in 1988 88 reasons why christ will return in 88 which sold a lot more than the sequel 89 reasons why christ will return in 89 you can google it it'll it'll, it'll, it's a thing because here's what here's what christians will do as a group well if we think he's coming back tomorrow let's all go hide out have a prayer meeting and let's all go hide out and have a covered dish dinner and that's not what Jesus told us to do. Yep. He told us to get busy until he comes. So let's get busy doing three things. Here we go. The first thing, let's get busy. <laughs> Just get right with God. See, if you walked in this building this morning, you're watching online. Listen, I don't have to give you an assessment test to determine whether or not you're right with God. You know you are or you not. You know that. You know that. And, and, and listen, you guys know me. I'm not, I'm not one of those point my finger at you, judgmental pastors. You know if you're right with God or not. And if you're not, get that way. Now, I can tell you how to get that way. See, the, the Bible, especially the New Testament, is full of references to Christ's return. And one of them was found in, in 1 Peter chapter 4. And he said, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. He said it's, it's happening sooner than you think. You don't have time to play games. You don't have time to let junk in your head that doesn't belong there. Get rid of it. And then Revelation 19 says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. So the question is, if you're the bride, are you ready? Have you ever watched a bride get ready? It takes months. If not, am I wrong? I've had this conversation with more than one groom. They'd say, I don't know what to do. And and I'd say, what? Well, she wants this and she wants that for her wedding and she wants this for her wedding and she wants that for her wedding and and i just i don't know if we can do it all that i don't know and i'd stop and say hold the phone how long you been planning this wedding and he'd say two weeks (laughs) and i would said she's been doing it since she was 11. (laughs) see the truth is a bride is going to make herself ready and and she's going to prepare herself for her for the groom and and listen that's what I'm saying. You and I, we got to prepare ourselves. Now, this is not a, a, a legalistic, um, you know, you can't have any fun till Jesus comes sermon. It's, it's that message where, listen, if you've got stuff in your heart that don't belong, if you've got stuff in your head that doesn't belong, if you've got stuff in your life that doesn't belong, now is the time to let the powerful Spirit of God convict you and move that junk out of your life. It's today. Today. The Bible says today's the day of salvation. Now's the accepted time. So if you've got stuff that doesn't belong, that doesn't mean I'm beating you up this morning. It means I'm imploring you as the bride, it's time to get ready. He's coming. It's almost wedding day, y'all. Oh, by the way, when that happens, we, we talk a lot about revival. That's revival. Yeah. When God's people says, "You know, I'm looking for the, I'm looking for Him," and I want, I want to be ready. Yeah. You, can I tell you that, that's going to that, that's going to look a lot like, you know, I I grew up as many of you did, in, a, in a, a wonderful church, wonderful home church, but it was really a lot about what you couldn't do. Right? It, like, you couldn't go to movies, and then we'd all go to the movies. It, you couldn't wear jewelry, and women weren't supposed to wear makeup. Listen, I better <laughs> hush, because just... An old preacher, not me, an old preacher said, if the barn needs painting, you need to paint it. I didn't say that, but somebody did. I'm just repeating what he said. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it was more about the externals. And I think in this, in this generation that what God is going to do in you and me is, is do a work on our inside. Because how many know when, when God does something on the inside, it shows on the outside? All right. So, um, yeah. Second thing we're going to do. We're going to get right with God. We're going to get right with each other. See, that that passage in 1 Peter chapter 4 that I just read to you said, The end of all things is near. Right after that, he said, Above all. So he said, "The, The end is near. Above all, love each other deeply. Love each other deeply. Because love covers the multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. L- listen to me. L- let's, let's make it our goal, our mantra at Life Point Church. Listen, you come here, you're not, you might not come to the most beautiful cathedral. You come here, you might not hear the greatest sermon. You might not hear the greatest music. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to love you. And here's what I want you to do, y'all. Please hear my heart. <laughs> The love that you feel when you come in this room, for the love of God, take it outside this room. And when you walk into your workplace, into your schools, into Dollar General, and it's hard to do it there, and when you go to those places... You love somebody. Find somebody that doesn't deserve it and love them anyway. Find somebody that's hurt you and love them anyway. Find somebody that's lied about you and love them and be Jesus to a world that desperately needs to feel and sense and experience His love. Get right with each other. Most preachers read this passage when when we're busting your chops about not coming to church. It's true. And you should come to church. There we go. Hebrews 10, 24 says, Let us consider how we might spur one another toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as someone in their habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Here's a challenge. I just thought of this. Just jumped in my brain. There's lots of room in there for things to happen. Don't go a day where you don't send a text or pick up the phone and encourage somebody. Just, Have you ever gotten that text, that random text from somebody, and it says, hey, man, I was thinking about you today. I love you. What does that do? What does that do for you? Well, be that to somebody else. There we go. All right, and lastly, we're going to get right with God. We're going to get right with each other, and we're going to live our purpose. Y'all, I had the coolest experience this past week. So I usually finish my sermon on Thursday. So some of you might know that uh, we, we've been doing a men's Bible study here on Thursday nights, and Daniel taught this past week. And as as he's, and I don't, I don't preview it, because I want to when somebody else is teaching it, I want to experience it just like, yeah, just like the guys are. And when he starts talking, and he played the video, and he started, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is Sunday. <laughs> because he was talking about, listen, y- your purpose isn't what you do for a living. Your purpose isn't, you know, having the nicest lawn or the lowest handicap or your team winning the game. It's cool, but that's not your purpose. You know what your purpose is? To glorify God and to let people know about Jesus. That's your purpose. That same passage, 1 Peter 4, says it this way. Each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others. In other words, if you're good at it, use it to encourage and serve somebody else faithful, administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Christ Jesus. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Listen, our goal is to lift up the name of Jesus with your life, with mine. Don's going to come play. And then I'm going to give you the The coolest nudes ever. Save this for last. So, we, as Western, yeah, Western Westerners, we we have a pretty dim view of what's happening in the rest of the world. We have a pretty narrow. There's a reason we call it first world problems, when Starbucks is out of your flavor. Right? But I want you to, for a couple minutes, just to get your mind outside of first world and think of the whole world. Because here's what Jesus said. You want to know when all this thing's going to happen? Jesus told us. Listen to what he said. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. And see, if you got a if you got a first world mind, here's what you think. Well the church is in trouble. Church is backing up. There's churches that are closing their doors. You got, a, you got a first world mind because I want you to listen to me, in 193 nations, there's 193 sovereign nations in the world. In all but 29, the gospel is expanding faster than population. But the problem is we're one of the 29. But across the globe, there's revival. Listen to me. It, right here, in the last 50 years, there have been more people won to Christ in the last 50 years than the last 1,950 combined. There is rev- Don't let the media tell you otherwise. There's revival on this planet. Jesus is getting his bride ready. So I want you to bow your heads with me. And I'm not—I'm not, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but I feel compelled to ask this question. And you guys know me—I don't—I don't, I don't play a lot of games, and I don't embarrass people. And that's not—that's not what I do. You know, your decision to follow Christ is a private decision that you're going to, at some point, make public just like these guys did this morning. But this part, it's private. I'm not going to bring you up here and embarrass you. But I just want to talk to you if you're here and you say, Pastor Dwayne, I I know that I'm not right with God. And um, today shook me a little bit because I know that. I'm going to give you an opportunity today to just make things right and and I know you've probably heard this a lot but I'm I'm just going to tell you again what it took for you to have the opportunity to find Christ and and, and to receive forgiveness was the highest price anyone's ever paid for anything God gave the life of his only son Jesus to purchase your salvation and mine to pay what you couldn't pay for Your sin debt. Mm. And so, what he's asked of you and me is to trade this life for the one he has for us. To receive this gift of forgiveness, salvation that he purchased for you on the cross of Christ. And you say, Dwayne, you know, I've I, I prayed that prayer. Still, I, I just, things aren't right. And I get it. I understand. And I, and I know what that feels like. So I'm just going to challenge you in the closing moments of this service to search your hearts. And if it's not right, if something's just not right, and you know what that something is, it's sin, Right? Right? we've chosen to do things our way rather than God's way there's an antidote for that the Bible says if we will confess our sins confess with our mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead He'll forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness there's not a sin you've committed that his blood's not powerful enough to forgive so if you're here here's what I want you to do and I promise you listen you guys know me I'm not going to embarrass you but if, if you just say Dwayne in, in this closing prayer I've got some stuff that I need to get right with God, and I'd appreciate you including me in this closing prayer. Here's all I'm going to ask you to do. Just with nobody looking around, come on. Nobody looking around. All I want you to do is make eye contact with me. Amen. 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 So here's what I need you to know. You're not by yourself. So I'm going to say a prayer. And during this prayer, those of you that made eye contact we you said, I want to make things right with God. It's a simple process. You believe that God sent His Son Jesus to pay for your sin. You confess to God that you've committed sins. Ask for His forgiveness. And receive His gift of salvation. And you... There's nothing you can do to make yourself right with God. Jesus did the work for you. That's, that I can't think of a better way to say it. And, and what you're doing this morning is you're receiving that gift just by saying a simple prayer God, I believe in, in your son Jesus. I want him to live in my heart. I want him to forgive me of my sin. I confess to you that I, I've done things that are wrong, and I need your forgiveness. And I'm going to live with you from now till forever. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Oh God, what a glorious day. We've seen with our eyes what it looks like to pass from death to life when people follow you in baptism. And God, we've recognized it. You're coming again. And God, we we know now that the reason you're coming is so you can be with us. And we can be with you. And God, thank you for making a way possible so we can be with you. And that way was Calvary and the cross that stood there. And God, there's people in this room right now, people watching online that would say, when I walked in the building, I wasn't ready to meet God. And so God, I thank you that right now we are confessing our sins, believing in our heart that Jesus rose from the dead. He's alive today. Forgive us of our sins, God forgive us for doing things our way instead of your way so today we give our lives to you we give our hearts to you, we give our families, our jobs, our homes they're, they're yours and we will follow you for the rest of our lives because we are in love with you today and we want a million years from today to be celebrating with you in Jesus name Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Before I let you go, I gotta tell you this. If if you made a new or a renewed commitment to Christ today, I'm gonna I'm ask you to, to do one thing for me. See, I want to celebrate that with you. I want you to fill that connection card out. And just in that box somewhere, just just give me a sentence about what God did for you today not listen i'm not gonna take that connection card and knock on your door you know what i'm gonna do when i get in the office in the morning i'm gonna pray for you i'm I'm gonna pray for my 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 friend that made a new commitment or a renewed commitment to christ so would you do me that honor of um just just let me know on your connection card and dropping it in that box in the back Um, i I would i would consider an honor if you'd let me pray with you about your new commitment or your renewed commitment to christ second thing is if you're baptized this morning I want you to come back up here. We're going to do it again. No, we're not. We're going to, I, I, want you to, uh, I want you to sign our baptism pool uh, just with, the, with your name and today's date. And uh, this second time we use this pool, how many of you would like to see it just covered up with Sharpie marks? Amen. God bless you so much. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. Give the Lord an ovation of praise. Amen.